Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. We have a very special soccer episode for you, a soccer-centric episode. Big news in the soccer world this week, not to mention it's the UEFA Champions League final on Saturday. Of course, we're going to still touch on some football, mainly the Big Ten schedule change and how that's going to affect Penn State and Ohio State. And maybe we'll talk about a couple uh, NFL players, but probably not. We're going we're gonna to just keep this a nice, short, sweet soccer episode. So without further ado, it's the soccer guru, kind of. The whitest, the whitest version of a soccer guru. It's Danny. What do you got to say, Danny? Where do you want to start? In, in regards to the Champions League, or in regards to the uh, the MLS arrival, let's, what do you what do you let's what start, you want to start with, with the uh, MLS and and the goat arriving in the goat. Uh, the goat went to Saudi Arabia, yeah, so we got well, we got the next already best had that argument. Um. um <laughs> We'll we'll start there because we're going to give you props and picks for the Champions League game on Saturday. So let's start with Messi. Yeah, obviously a monumental week for MLS, but just the soccer world in general. Um, yeah, definitely the biggest uh, biggest marquee signing since David Beckham. Beckham was a little more in his prime. Messi obviously coming off a rough. Two years in uh, in France, had a little quote, made me kind of empathize with him a little bit. Just talked about how how he didn't enjoy his, his two years in Paris, and uh, you know that kind of led to his decision to to come here ultimately. But yeah, I mean the the impact is certainly monumental. The it, the the timing is phenomenal when you look at the the Apple TV deal. Um, it's worldwide. Uh, with no blackouts, you know, so ev- anybody anywhere in the world can can subscribe to this to watch MLS. There's no no blackouts. You don't need a TV deal, anything like that. Which uh, you know, I mean, it's great. It's great for the MLS. People will subscribe simply to watch watch Messi. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of uh, you know Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia. The the team gained 14 million Instagram followers after that and you know there's been some broadcasting of it you know around the world but it certainly has been very restricted and difficult to access whereas you know the the, the profit that the MLS will gain from this is is just just insane obviously being in America being in like you know the american continents we kind of we kind of have a ceiling that that mls is going to hit you know we don't have that that champions league that european access um it really is mls and and liga mekis in in mexico that are kind of you know the the ceiling that we're not going to have those top tier english premier leagues to compete with and things like that so obviously as much as I want the MLS to keep growing and to eventually be kind of that top tier league, it, it it's not entirely feasible. Uh, just with the you know the lack of competition, with how the how the different European leagues intertwine and and compete with each other, we don't really have that uh, as an option here. But it certainly makes uh it, it, it makes the MLS much more marketable 
and uh, you know to, we can continue to escalate into that kind of you know su- supreme Premier League status. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just great all around. Huge, huge financial win for both Messi and for the MLS. Uh, I think in due time, I think Ronaldo really will regret the uh, the Saudi Arabian money because I think over time Messi, kind of similar to how how David Beckham is owning a franchise. Um, you know, he took a massive pay cut, a massive risk when he came here, but just the the marketability of him helped grow MLS into the stable, successful league that it was. He you know, was able, as you know, terms of his contract, was able to purchase a a franchise for very cheap. He bought he bought the Miami franchise for twenty five million uh, as an expansion franchise, and it's uh, valued at over six hundred million currently. And Messi simply his presence will push it well over to that that billion dollar range right there. So right there, just by owning a team, David Beckham made over a billion with his MLS contract. So. Cat was playing chess, not checkers. Messi doing doing a similar thing. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's great. Obviously, you see it with the every every Miami game, regardless of where they're playing for the rest of the year, is sold out already. Ticket prices are, you know, tenfold what they were. Oh, I actually watched Miami beat the Crew in Columbus earlier this year. So, uh, wish Messi made that decision a little earlier and uh, was able to. Give me some great resale value, but that didn't happen. Still got to see my boy DeAndre Yedlin. Obviously, just a monumental day for the MLS. I don't know what else there really is to say. This is this is huge. This is epic. It's bigger than Zlatan. It's bigger than Thierry Henry. It's bigger than Wayne Rooney. It's 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 incredible. It's even even if he's not, you know, like it. It certainly was a, a rough two years in France. But even if he's not near his prime, like he's. He's the second most marketable, you know, soccer player to ever walk the face of this earth. And, uh, you know, just his presence, regardless of even if he succeeds or not, his his presence is just huge. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> obviously uh, kicking myself for not really. I mean, buying uh season tickets for Charlotte FC. There was just no um, reason for me to actually go ahead and do that. And the ones that I would have bought, um, I'm looking right now. Uh, actually, the the ones I would have bought, I would have only made my entire season back uh not even not even my entire season back and that's if they sold so it's like the the second tier level behind the goal right now those tickets on resale against inter miami is four hundred dollars um the upper deck is two hundred dollars and the supporters section the general admission section is going for three forty six um and there are some tickets going as high as well ten thousand dollars for the very first row behind uh Miami's bench, but that would be silly. It's not like uh Messi's gonna dap you up just you know, paying ten thousand dollars to sit there. But you get what we're saying. Uh this next season 
if Messi plays, you know, in the next season, which I I think he will. Oh, he'll play he'll, a couple years. He'll play a couple years, and he'll he'll still be good, and he's going to elevate the entire squad of Miami. And I was thinking he's probably going to attract a couple other foreign players, European players that might want to come over and in the same boat finish finish off their careers in the MLS, especially um, if they're going to get a chance to start with Messi. I'd imagine that's a lot of people's dreams who uh, are even professionals at this point. So who knows? Uh, Inter-Miami might, might have a completely loaded team uh, for next season. They do not have any um, MLS props or futures, I see. There's no futures, I see. But let's take a quick football hiatus. Speaking next of props. Year's futures, yeah. you're saying? Yeah, no next year futures. They don't Let even me, have MLS. I don't even see MLS futures for this year. Just just going off. Of, there should be futures for this year because I, I have a $30 free bet on the on the crew to an MLS Cup. But uh, – but just to go off what you were saying, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, you look at the the Ronaldo effect of what is done in Saudi Arabia of Benzema already heading there, and just a year after his uh, Ballon d'Or win win trophy, whatever, however you term it. Um, there's you know rumors of Modric and uh, you know multiple other marquee players kind of going over there in their in their old age. Well, one one thing that did make sense too is is you know Messi being Argentinian and and European guys being obviously European. It make does somewhat make sense more for them to stay over there, head to Saudi Arabia for their money in their later years, and and you know the hopefully we can start to attract big name Argentinians, Brazilians, things like that at least you know coming coming closer to home, getting into their more of their uh, home time zone, those kind of things. But I have seen rumors already of uh, Sergio Busquets and uh, who was the other one? One of his Barcelona boys. Oh, uh, no, it was uh, Di Maria, Angel Di Maria, one of his Argentinian boys. So I've seen rumors of them being linked to Miami transfers already. So, yeah, I mean, just just his pre- his presence, kind of him building that bridge similar to what Ronaldo did is uh, it's going to attract players. Uh, huge day for the MLS. Uh, one one p- interesting point that I did want to bring up too uh, that Alexi Lawless said on Twitter in reply to a comment, uh, just kind of comparing it to to the Beckham situation. Um, it is a very good point to bring up, but Alexi says uh, in his in his boundless wisdom, he says, "But unlike Beckham, Messi doesn't speak English. He's not a very public person, and his stardom is completely tied to soccer." As long as Messi stars on the field, MLS will grow, which I thought was a pretty pretty good point. Messi always has been, you know, a kind of anti-media, you know, low-profile off-the-field guy. I didn't even think about him, you know, not even not even speaking English. So it's not <laughs> like he's he's not going to be David Beckham where he's, you know, the big face in Hollywood and you know, uh, capitalizing on his brand. Messi's always been, uh, you know, the guy doesn't even have a Twitter account. Like he's always been a very low-profile athlete out of the limelight so that is a very good point but i i do somewhat disagree i think messi's star power regardless of if he's marketing himself i think his star power you know markets itself anyways so 
regardless if he comes here and flops or not, it's it's an it's an absolute monu- monumental win for the MLS. Yeah, it, it's it's already true in the ticket prices for the, the rest of this season between two shit clubs that don't don't even matter, Charlotte and uh Miami, that game will not matter for the playoffs at all. And uh you you could you heard me talk about the ticket prices for that. Uh do you want to touch on I, I also wait while you were talking, I have to say, if you want some free money, um Damar Hamlin is minus five fifty for comeback player of the year. Uh he did practice in full today. Uh, first practice back, so um, yeah. Who else even is if on that list, like uh, they have pretty much every player. Who are, the, who are the other like favorites? Who's who's at the top? There, there is no. Uh, the next person is like ten to one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mean, they gave it to Alex Smith over Ben, and Smith played a few games. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that. They'll give it. He if he if Demar Hamlin takes a snap. The way that that story blew up. The next uh, yeah. highest, the next highest two people on that list is Tua and Russell Wilson, both at twenty to one. Those are the two people behind Demar Hamlin at minus five fifty. So yeah, that's insane. That's... Um, I don't even think they'll let me. Oh, the oh yeah, no that. I guess I could, but so yeah. If if you want, uh, you could bet five thousand five hundred dollars to win a thousand dollars. Like I mean, if he plays one full game this year, uh, wait, it's it's, he's plus five fifty or minus five fifty? Mi- minus five fifty. So you have to oh. bet five thousand five hundred dollars to win a thousand. But yeah. I mean, that's not even worth it. But he is going to win the award. Uh, I mean, no, it's not worth it. But if you're looking at it in terms of investment, you're you're basically investing your money to get like a twenty percent return on investment. I mean, minus five fifty though. I mean, he, what if he just decides to retire and then Russell Wilson throws forty touchdowns? I guess <laughs> I mean, if he decides. I mean, that's a lot of risk. To, I mean, even if you bet fifty bucks on it, you're gonna win. Ten. Less, you're gonna win well, less, less than, than ten. 10. Nine nine dollars and ten cents. Yeah. So, so yeah, I understand what I'm saying. It you are you are laying the 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 wood. You're laying the juice, but uh, it is for you if he plays. If he plays one game, I don't I don't see how they don't give it to him. Um, I don't know. This a thought, but do you want to touch on USA Mexico coming up next Thursday, which maybe we'll we'll record kind of during that um, game? It's gonna be interesting to to watch. I don't really know what to expect. Um, USA without a coach, they're currently on the interim for their interim. Uh, <laughs> who our interim coach took a job in Qatar uh, about a week ago and. <laughs> right before two major tournaments. So, yeah, the uh, Soccer Federation has absolutely dropped the ball this year. Uh, just insane and frustrating to think about. So, after a couple-year dominance of Mexico, I think we are in a pretty pretty dangerous 
territory. Um, Plus two ten for the draw. We got the uh, debut of Solar and Balogun, which is obviously going to be incredible to see. I I expect. I think they'll probably give Pepe the nod up top, um, and bring Balogun on. You know, second half, especially if if they desperately need a goal, if it's tied or if they're down a goal or whatever, just to. First of all, it pisses me off that we got Mexico freaking stunk in the qualifying, and and that's why we got Mexico in the semis instead of the instead of what it should be in the in the final. So it's weird just to get them in the sem. This isn't even for the trophy. This is this is to get to the final. But yeah, I mean, I I really I really have no idea what to expect. This is you know the uh, I don't even know what the guy's name is. The interim for the interim coach. This is his first game. Um, obviously, he's been with the with the team, you know, as an assistant. So it's not like he's a complete outsider, but certainly a huge game for your first uh, first task. Um, not having Tyler Adams, who's still out with injury, is going to be significant. You know, for just just from a defensive standpoint, and just from it effort standpoint the guy is box to box all over the field uh huge huge loss for the u.s but we got a lot of guys with uh, a lot to prove too it needs to be a big summer for Polisic, who's trying to find a you know a, a big club role at a big time club i don't know i don't know what to expect i literally have no idea what to expect it's been such a ridiculous summer for the u.s or a ridiculous first half of the year um, with the with the turnover of all the um, you know higher ups in this in the federation and the turnover at at the head coaching spot, uh, just a insane story that sounds too stupid to be real, but it's real. Yeah, well, I think again the the draw there's plus two ten. Both sides are a little over even money. I think we can kick it to the meat of the pod, which is the UEFA Champions League. The Champions! Man City in the driver's seat. Favorites. Minus 440 to lift the cup. I wouldn't touch that. If you're going to... That's that's how you bet Inter, is just to lift the cup. Because if they get to the the point of PKs now it is a coin flip and that's oh, yeah. probably the only way they're going to win uh this cup is is through full stoppage time and, and such they're going to need a little bit of luck on their side Manchester City the 4 billion dollar club uh definitely outweighs them on paper by far and away and they play like champions they 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 bring it when they have to they're not going to take this game lightly they're not going to take this opportunity lightly after losing to real madrid last year in this spot or no maybe that was the semifinals they lost to they they lost in the semifinals to madrid and now that they have holland they are pretty much a super team so it's all Man City, so we've got some props for you. Uh, I did give out last week on the show to parlay 
uh, Man City FA Cup and Champions League, uh, both in 90 minutes. Uh, that was even odds, or actually plus 107. So that's still rolling for me. I'll just dive into my uh, my props here, and then we'll finish with our score predictions. So I've got a couple anytime goal scorers. I wouldn't touch Holland at minus 140 on FanDuel. Uh, I'm never going to pay juice for someone to score a goal in a game of soccer. That's asinine to me. So I do like Lukaku for Inter at plus 450, uh, 400, 450. Uh, shop around for that number. Uh, Lukaku, a big game scorer. A uh, veteran of the game, been in these spots before more than most of the roster of Inter. So plus 450 to keep a cool head and score a goal. And I think he would take a PK if they did have one awarded to them. I think it would be Lukaku taking one, but I'm not certain on that. And then on the City side, Kevin De Bruyne plus three to one, and he was plus 350. That number is dropping, so um, I'd get that as soon as possible. If you're listing this on Friday, uh, get that in. Plus 300, plus 250 all the way down on FanDuel. So Kevin De Bruyne to score a goal. I think Inter's defense is very good, and they will definitely be focusing on Holland. So Kevin De Bruyne, uh, sharp shooting from the 18, the 18 yard line. Uh, putting it in a little curve on the ball there into the bottom right corner. Uh, Why don't you go with, do you have any, any, any time goal scorers? I just, I looked at them. They all, nothing really jumped out to me. Um, It's such a, I mean, one thing that I would pick would be uh, Ilkay Gunduan from city. I think he was plus like, 350 or something but that yes. i mean it didn't seem high enough for me but obviously uh probably his last game at city's had a great year great career there highly respected locker room guy um you know i think it kind of the script could write itself where he um you know gets a goal and 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 wins a wins a trophy in his last match with last last match with the team or i could see a situation maybe they're up a couple goals get a late pk and and he takes the pk he's been the uh he does take the kicks for germany usually um and a few this year holland has stepped down to let gundawan take it so i could see that i I think that's probably the the one i would take if i was forced at gunpoint to pick a, a goal scorer uh for as far as the bang for your buck uh as far as Lukaku, it looks like they did split penalty kicks with between him and Lautaro Martinez. So, yeah, good chance Lukaku would take the goal. I do like the the one prop that I did like is uh, City to score in each half was plus 120. I think it's going to be a route. Obviously, uh, Inter is going to play defensive, try to get this game to... or. You know, hopefully sneak a goal at some point, but their goal is to, is is to gonna, you know, to keep City out of the out of the net and get the get the game to PKs where anything can happen. But City just nobody keeps them out of the net. They have way too much firepower. It's one of the best teams ever. They are gonna. I I, I just they're gonna score early, and that's gonna force Inter to have to open up to you know try to get that equalizer. So I could see it being a high score game. 
especially if City does score early, the game's going to have to open up. I could see it being a a 4-1, 4-2 kind of game. Uh, but So City to score in each half is plus 124 on FanDuel. And then I do like your prop of, of both teams to score. I think that was a, a pretty decent bet as well, but I'll let you give that one out. Yeah, I've got Manchester City to win in regulation with both teams to score, and that's 2-1. to one. So if you like Manchester City to win in, in stoppage time and you don't want to touch minus 235, minus 230, then... Um, I think parlaying that with both teams to score is a good way to to get both of those minus bets into the positive. Uh, I don't love that one. I wouldn't. Uh, I certainly wouldn't put more than a unit on that. But a two to one that is good value. And then I love all, in any finals match. I always take the over corners, whatever they set the line at. And it seems FanDuel has this at nine and a half and they're, they're juicing the over. So over nine and a half corners is minus 135. And then they do have exactly nine corners at plus 600. So I would say two units on over nine and a half corners and then, and then give yourself um, maybe a quarter unit or half a unit on the plus 600 exactly nine corners bet. And then that way you've got a nice little pillow because if it is nine corners and you got two units on not over nine and a half, uh, that would, and that has happened to me before. I've lost those corner bets by a half a half a corner. Uh, nothing worse than that. So you might as well take a little hedge there. And that's how I'd play that. Also, Manchester City minus three on the corner spread. So Manchester City would have to have four more corners than Inter. And just like we said, Inter is a defensive counterattack team. And uh, Manchester City has all the firepower. I think the possession and the play is going to be in Inter's third of the pitch. And thus, they're going to have over or minus three corners. And again, that's another one where you could do exactly three for uh, like five to one. So you might as well take that, do the same exact thing there. Take Manchester City minus three corners and then take, well, it would be minus, minus three and a half really. And then you take the minus three exact. FanDuel is definitely trying to trick Americans here. They do not, they do not do that for football for anything or any basketball, any American sport. They do not split bets up into the exact number and then do minus three or plus three, but it really means three and a half. They're they're fucking with you there. They're trying to steal some money from people who uh, are at their buddy's house and what's on TV today. Oh, Champions League final, let me bet. They're they're trying to they're trying to be some sneaky snakes there with that verbiage i think i don't like it yeah it is it is it is weird making those soccer bets i I do not like that last one the corner differential just strictly from a standpoint of if it is a situation where city's up one late and inter is scrambling to get that equalizer you know you could be that situation where city just sits everybody back and inter gets you know five last minute corners 
So yeah, I mean, you definitely could uh, be looking looking good, and then at the last few minutes, they get the backdoor cover band. So I I don't like that one, but everything everything else that you rattled off, I think is is pretty pretty good bet. And uh, well, the exact score props, uh, City to win three goals to one is plus. Twelve fifty, so ten dollars would win you, um, a hundred and twenty-five dollars. And then you said, you said they would win four to one. That is twenty-five to one. If City won four goals to one, or four goals to two, is sixty-one to one, sixty-two to one. So. You know, those would be some pretty crazy outcomes. That would be a lot of goals for a finals matchup, which I do think starts slow. So, you know, I don't hate the first half draw at like plus 150, I think, or first half no goal scored is also around plus 150. So I would just take the draw because, uh, Obviously, if City gets a goal, you, you can still have hope until the final whistle of halftime for, for Inter to equalize. But, uh, yeah, th- those are – I think I think we've pretty much covered it. There's not a lot out there in, in what's going to feel like a lopsided match. You're, you're either taking long shots on Inter or you're doing what we're doing and kind of creating some parlays. Uh, so probably no one's, yeah, Vegas is going to make a fucking killing off of this game, no matter what happens. Uh, I did also create one just now, uh, on, on a, uh, the same game parlay and that would be, yes, uh, total corners over nine and a half corners, Kevin De Bruyne to have over one and a half shots. Don't have to be on goal, just shots. Kevin De Bruyne over one and a half shots. And Gunduan over one and a half shots. Those three things is plus 211. So I really do like that one. I think I like that parlay more than City to win with both teams to score. So that's over nine and a half corners. And then De Bruyne and Gunduan to each have over one and a half shots. We're going to put, we're going to put 0.75 units on that one to win one and a half units any uh, anything else about champions league or are we moving on before we move from this football to the to the next football i did want to say one thing too of uh back to the messy situation he was in his interviews was vocal on uh and how you know how he had how difficult his two years in france for were for him and his family he wasn't happy and family was a big part of his reasoning of choosing MLS over Saudi Arabia. And I do think, uh, you know, with Miami being very heavily Hispanic, Spanish language oriented, I I think, you know, you would kind of witness him have a very underwhelming year, year and a half. And then, you know, just a, a renaissance at the, at the world cup. Seemed like a completely different person was enjoying himself again and and playing great football and then back to, uh you know after the World Cup a, a more underwhelming of a season to to finish out the year in France so I think that we probably will you know the factors are pointing to 
more of a, uh, it seemed like his wife was very in favor of the Miami move. Uh, like I touched on with the, you know, the, the heavy Spanish Hispanic culture down there. I think it will be, we, we probably will see that, that, you know, dynamic Messi that's, you know, enjoying himself out there again. So I, I like it's, I'm excited for the rest of this season. It's going to be, and uh, you know, Miami is is can easily rebound from their position where they're in and still make the MLS playoffs and and make a run. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of parity in the MLS where top to bottom, there's not a huge difference. It's it's a very competitive league where there's not you know a huge difference between the first team and the last team. Um, it's it's easy to make make runs. Just move your way up the table in a few game span. So they're definitely, especially with the expansion of the playoffs this year, this is they they aren't out of it, and it's going to be a awesome close to the season. That's that's all I got. Let's move on to the other uh, the other football here. I can I can bitch about the Big Ten. <laughs> well, my only point to this is uh, if you haven't heard yet, the Big Ten is doing a flex scheduling where they have protected some 11 rivalry games, I think, in the yeah. in the conference. And um, Penn State, Ohio State is not one of those protected ones. And then I believe there's each, – each school has three games that are guaranteed for the next two years. And for Penn State, that's USC, Michigan State, and I'm forgetting the third one. Uh, but this would not guarantee that Penn State has to play Ohio State every single year. And, of course, that news is coming at the same exact time that the college football playoff is expanding beyond four teams. The exact scenario we would have needed to happen, uh, one of those two things to have happened a couple years ago or for the last really four or five years, one of those two things would have just needed to be true for Penn State to make a college football playoff. And now both of those things are happening in unison in 2025. So that's cool. Uh, getting getting fucked again uh, by, by that. But no excuses. We should have beaten Ohio State at least one or two of the times in the last five years. But I digress. That's really all I had on it. I don't think it's the worst plan in the world. Obviously, USC and UCLA have to are going to have to play each other every year to save them some travel budget, and then uh, they're they're kind of pushing more uh, Midwest teams on uh, those two um, California schools. Although USC is going to play Rutgers, which is a complete coast to coast trip, and and again, travel isn't that bad for the players and coaches anymore they get to be pretty comfortable on a uh private flight it's the staff of those teams that has to go through hell to travel across country for those things and uh and so forth so really when it comes down to playing maybe some jet lag uh for sure traveling west to east uh we'll see how that goes because those kids are gonna have you know as little seriousness as they take their classes, the starters especially. Um, some of them are getting legitimate degrees and do have to do their homework or study for tests. So like they might not be able to just sleep on the plane. They might have shit to do. They're definitely texting bitches, uh, staying up doing stupid shit on the plane like that, playing cards. 
So we'll we'll see what kind of travel that uh, impacts the Big Ten here moving forward. And that is that is it, I think, on Big Ten schedule. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Uh, I, I, I knew it was coming, but I guess in the back of my head, I just kind of hoped it would somehow fall through. But now that it's here, it, it was just an absolute kick in the balls. So stupid. It was. It's worse than adding Rutgers and Maryland. At least that, like, geographically made sense. This is just so dumb to me. And, um, you know, Penn State doesn't have a protected rivalry, which is fine because they don't have that storied, you know, OSU-Michigan or uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin or even, obviously, UCLA and U- USC are, are theirs. But uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, we... Over the obviously Penn State was the initial Big Ten expansion team, so to speak. Um, but since that time, they've definitely built up great rivalries. You know, playing OSU yearly that that was the game. You know that that every Penn State fan and player you know had on the calendar. That was about what you judged your season off. If you win that game, like you have a chance at the Big Ten, you have a chance at the CFP. Um, and to see that, you know, Penn State without any protected rivalries, you know, 15 opponents in the Big Ten getting nine a year, you're, that's 40% of the teams you're not facing yearly. So, you know, every five years, you're only playing each team three times. So there's two off years, you know, you know, you, you look forward to seeing that Penn State-Ohio State matchup yearly, that Penn State-Michigan matchup yearly, Penn State-Sparty matchup yearly, your, your former East, you know, heavyweights, so to speak. Uh, and just to see that disappear 40% of the time so that we can play, you know, UCLA just is, is, <laughs> Two is, Southern so, California is so stupid. I mean, I, I, it's, you know, the, the, the history and tradition of college football has, has just has built it to what it is. And, you know, the, this conference realignment is just getting so out of hand and ridiculous. And eventually it's just going to be, Big Ten versus SEC. They're just going to keep consuming everything in their path. Um, and, you know, ultimately down the line, they're going to add more. I don't know. What are we taking on Stanford and Oregon or Washington or whatever? It's just going to be more and more ridiculous. And we're going to we're going to lose those, uh, you know, those yearly matchups that we've we've grown to love. So it's that definitely, uh, you know, I, I, and regardless, like. Sure, we we might duck Ohio State, or you know now that Michigan's kind of reasserted themselves as the, as the that powerhouse, but you might you know I think twenty twenty four we don't have we we don't play one the one year then we don't play the other the other year I don't remember which is which but it's uh regardless if you if you have a better record because you didn't lose to that team it's like it it doesn't matter like I, you don't want to duck that team you want. You want to beat the best and be the best. Like I don't want to make the playoffs because we didn't have to play Ohio State. If you didn't, if you didn't beat Ohio State, you didn't deserve to make the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs are expanding to twelve teams, so they could lose to both of them and go ten and two and still make the playoff. But just uh, you know, it's it's definitely definitely sad to see. And not uh, only that, not only that, with with just one protected rivalry, like. Teams that have multiple like storied, you know, series that go back a hundred years, and you're only, you know, you're getting them, you know, Ohio State and Michigan. Obviously, theirs is protected, 
than Ohio State versus everybody else that, that they play yearly. You know, that game disappears two out of every five years. So it's just, it, it's stupid. It sucks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's all going to change again in a couple years when these other couple uh, conferences more than likely break up as well. And, and get absorbed into the SEC, Big Ten, and maybe the Pac-12. We'll see, but we'll see what happens. It's it, you, you definitely nailed it. Uh, the college football is changing. The landscape is changing, and thus some of the history and tradition is going to have to uh, be put to rest, I guess, so to speak. Uh, I don't really have any... Uh, or we we don't have any NFL injury news, so to speak. I think uh, starting in, I don't know, maybe maybe a couple weeks here. I think we can start diving into uh, maybe finding some research articles on you know prevalence rates and uh, things for your best ball knowledge and upcoming draft knowledge. And then maybe some we can maybe do some team breakdowns of who is who has got more uh, risk to their roster. Uh, that's catchy right there. Uh, so you know, I think you, we can look for to do that the end of June, and then certainly in July before we get into training camp here in the preseason. Uh, we also called Brock Purdy uh, if you if you were playing best ball to get on the Brock Purdy train uh, because he's more than likely going to be the starter over Trey Lance and Trey Lance. There's the video of him coming out right after the owner or the GM said, we, we love where Trey Lance is at and we're, you know, we're absolutely thrilled with the progress he's making. And he looks, I think they said he looks better now than he did coming into the league or before his injury. I th- that's what they said, right? Bef- he looks better now than he did before his injury. And then the video comes out of him uh, doing the bags, looking like a middle schooler. Uh, I shouldn't say a middle schooler, looking like a freshman and and then missing a seven yard throw by seven more yards. So just his footwork looked terrible. It was not in sync with um, his arm at all. And it was just a bad – I know it was a video of one drill, but it certainly shows me that Trey Lance is is not, in fact, uh, going to be a threat, uh, in my eyes, to uh, Brock Purdy. And then and then you've got uh, – what's-his-face? Sam Darnold uh, kind of lingering around there too. And we'll see, but – we called that. I think I called that, and I'm definitely kind of going to double down on that stance now that Brock Purdy's going to be the week one starter uh, against the Steelers. So anything else, Danny, before we sign off? I do have some UFC, a couple UFC picks of pay-per-views this weekend to a 290, right? Two, no, 289. 289's this weekend. I got, I got nothing else. I guess USA Mexico is my hashtag draw of the week. It'll be next Thursday, next Thursday evening. Yeah. Do you want to Vegas? I'll say uh, 
an MLS game here. Just throwing a dart at the dart board. Uh, Montreal and Minnesota, plus 230 draw. Why I like not? It. I like it. Yep. So there's two draws for you. I'm on the draw as well for USA-Mexico. And that's a 10 p.m. kickoff. So maybe, maybe not uh, as far as us recording during that game. Uh, but it's 10 o'clock right now, so who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, I'll finish with a couple underdogs I like for UFC here, and then I will be tweeting out a couple parlays because there are some favorites. My favorite favorite of the card is Dan Ige. I, I bet Dan Ige every single fight. Uh, Danny Gay? <laughs> I mean, if that's how you heard it. Um... <coughs> Fuck. Oh, I need a sip here. I need a sip. That's much better. He's minus 265 on FanDuel, so he's he's definitely a parlay piece if you're going to be doing some Saturday bet. Hey, Dan Ige in Manchester City, that's not a bad parlay right there. They're both about minus 260, minus 230. You're, you're looking at right around a minus 110 bet for both of those things to happen. Uh, maybe throw in the uh, nuggets in there, and now you're really cooking with gas. But that's just how my brain works, spitballing, making stupid parlays, losing a bunch of money. That's exactly how I lose money. I like this guy. I like this thing. And I like this thing. Okay, let's throw them all in a pot and make make stew. <laughs> I digress. couple favorites I like. Um, he's minus 105, not technically a favorite, but Al – or <laughs> shit. Ayman, Ayman Zahabai. That is bad. That was bad. Uh, he's fighting Aori Quailing. <laughs> and uh, I like Zayabi. Uh, Zayabi is a little bit more uh, experienced, well-rounded, a little bit uh, uh, bigger guy in, in better shape. And then my uh, favorite underdog, and we're going to try to pronounce this here, Jasmine. Yasudavish, oh crap! Uh, her first name is definitely Jasmine. Yasudavicious, Davicious, Yasudavicious. That's gotta be. That's gotta be close. Um, I she is eight and two in the UFC, and uh, she's she's pretty nasty. She throws elbows. She she throws. She's in there there to throw, and then she's also got a uh, very good. Uh, wrestling as well. She's fighting a uh, Miranda Maverick, who obviously uh, also very tough, tough lady, eleven and four overall, and the heavy favorite because she's a fan favorite. But I don't think that it is. Th th she's getting it's too much value. Plus two thirty five on a female fight. The female fights definitely. Should be shouldn't be that uh, heavy of a favorite. Okay, well that was a, a shitty UFC breakdown. So uh, <laughs> I'll get better at that. I it's a lot better in my brain, and then I can't talk about UFC like I can talk about football. So I, I need to maybe get better at that. Practice that. So we'll come back at you next week, most likely with another pod and. Uh, Catch up with you then. Follow us on Twitter at Return to Play Pod. Stay healthy, America. <laughs>